0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. See, you know what I walk out here, you are looking at what we have come to know as Championship material. All right, what's going on, everybody? How you doing? Episode 278 talk of Buffalo Podcast. Thank you everybody, as always, for tuning in. I'm going to kind of get right to the point here. This is going to be a very, very abbreviated episode of this podcast today. Wasn't even going to do one at all, but, you know, one thing in podcasting I've learned over the last couple of years is consistency is the key. You don't want to not put something out. You don't want to give your listeners, essentially a chance to forget about you. So I'm putting together something real quick here. I'd call this more of a couple of announcements or talking points in an actual episode. Usually I have a guest on and we have a couple topics, whatever it may be, or a long form interview about that person's life and career. Not doing that today. But again, I, there's at least a couple things that I want to quickly get to. I'm not going to take up a lot of your time at all today uh first and foremost so you're hearing this on Tuesday a couple hours later than normal if you typically listen to it on Tuesday morning i got a lot of stuff going on here and one of them is i'm actually traveling from florida back to buffalo my hometown uh either wednesday or thursday i'm going to be driving i think i'm leaving wednesday i'm going to get to buffalo thursday for the next couple weeks this podcast, the schedule, the production of it is going to be different for two reasons. Number one, this is typically a Tuesday, Friday podcast. I don't think I'm going to have an episode this Friday. In fact, I know I'm not. And then for the next two Fridays, I would be having an episode anyway, because Friday is actually Christmas. And then the following Friday is New Year's day. So I wouldn't have an episode anyway. However, I did have intentions on taping at least a couple shows, if not a couple interviews, while I was in Buffalo. And unfortunately, that's kind of going to go by the wayside right now because of COVID. When I made arrangements, I had hoped that things would improve. Obviously, that has not been the case, especially in Western New York, where a lot of areas are in the orange zone. And because of that, Not many things are open. Um, I can tell you that originally I had scheduled a podcast taping for next Monday. I was going to do a show at Sunny Reds in Lackawanna, which by the way, shout out to them. One of my elite chicken wing places. Love that spot, man. Anyway, I was going to do a show there and I was scheduled to have two guests with me that night. Uh, Marcel-Louise Jacques from ESPN.com, who I've had on the show a few times, and we did a show together last summer, summer of 2019, uh, at Macy's Place Pizzeria. That was a lot of fun. So I've actually gotten a chance to meet Marcel and sit down and and do an interview with him. That was fun. So he was going to be on, as well as Madison Carter, who is a news reporter and anchor at Channel 7. I love her. I call her Queen MC for Madison Carter all the time. She's awesome. She's been on the show once, but I've never had the opportunity to meet her, physically meet her. So I was very much looking forward to sitting down with Marcel and Madison over some wings at Sunny Reds, but it's closed. So I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. And then because of COVID, obviously the restrictions and not just legal restrictions or moral restrictions, I should say, but also the fear of COVID. Completely understandable. Some people just aren't comfortable right now getting together. And again, perfectly understandable. I have a few fellow Bills podcasters out there who live in Buffalo that I was looking forward to getting with. Don't know if that's going to happen right now. Again, this is all kind of a mystery to me. Um, Joe Miller, part of Buffalo Fanatics. I was looking to get together with him and do something. Of course, my man, Aaron Quinn, who's been on this podcast many, many times, co-host of Cover One Buffalo. He does that with Greg Thompson. He's in the area. I was hoping to get together with him, but I don't think that's going to happen. Even my boy, the madman, Joe, at Buffalo wins on Twitter. He lives in New York City, but he's going to be in Buffalo, the Western New York area for the holidays. But again, with COVID, I don't think he's comfortable getting together and doing something. And again, I completely understand it. So anyway, for the next couple of weeks, I really am going to just kind of play things by air and uh, see how it goes. So follow me on Twitter if you're not already at Pat Moran tweets, and I'll definitely have podcasting updates when I'm going to have some shows, who I might get with, where those interviews might be, if it's somewhere in public, and uh, just stay tuned for that. I'll let you know. So that's one thing. So I'm traveling to Buffalo, which by the way, I'm excited. Of course I am. It's my hometown. Love being home for the holidays. And uh, But yeah, I mean, obviously that excitement's a little bit tempered because a lot of stuff that normally would be going on that I'm a part of, I wouldn't be able to do. Again, the podcasting stuff, chicken wing stuff. You know how I feel about chicken wings. Every time I go back to Buffalo, I go and get a a new spot almost every day, eat them, write about them, talk about them on the show. I don't think that's gonna be going on this trip, which sucks because it's been a full year since I've been able to do that. Uh, Bars, restaurants, other stuff like that. You know, that kind of tempers the excitement. Big family Christmas party we have every year. It's an annual tradition. That's already been canceled. Uh, I have a friend who has a big Christmas party. You know, the friends get together every year. That's been canceled. So COVID just continues to to wreak havoc on everything and it sucks. But again, I understand why people are uh, the way they are right now and very skeptical of groups, as they should be, to be fair. You know, I'm down here in Florida and that's not the case. Let's just put it that way. I'm not going to sit here in badmouth, Florida. It's just a different culture. And I think different parts of the country just view COVID differently. And it is what it is. But I totally understand why. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure I at least dropped a little something today. I want to pay homage to somebody. And this is important to me. So if you can just indulge me for two minutes here, folks. So we're up at around 300,000 Americans that have died from COVID at this point. And I said all along, or at least for a while now, not all along, but definitely for a while now, that at some point, if this continued on long enough and these numbers continue to rise at at the rate that they do, there's gonna come a point, sadly, tragically, where we all are gonna know somebody personally on a personal level that dies from COVID. And prior to last week, that hadn't happened to me but it did this past week. My my buddy Jason got COVID and, and he died. 40 years old too, by the way. He got sick around November 20th or so. Didn't feel good. Went to the hospital later that night. Was on a ventilator and never came off it again. 40 years old, man. Anyway, I'm not going to sit here and eulogize him too much. It's just, I just want to let you know that when you, you get to a point where you get mentally exhausted with dealing with COVID, physically exhausted, and I know I have, and I just, just try to remember that the next time you walk into a Walmart and you don't feel like putting that mask on or, you know, the next time somebody's having a gathering with 25 people, low key, and you don't have to worry about the cops finding out or the state finding out. Just remember that before you do it, you know, that this is real and people are dying. And I'll tell you right now, because I know a lot of people say, well, what underlying conditions did he have? And he did. Jason suffered from diabetes and frankly, very overweight. But I'm not going to sit here and debate what COVID, what underlying conditions and, and all this and all that stuff. The bottom line is he was alive. He got COVID and now he's not alive anymore and it's sad and it's just a harsh reminder. And I'm afraid that we're all going to suffer some kind of personal loss. Somebody we know that we love is is, is going to die from it. Jason was a great dude, man. A big fan, by the way, of this podcast. So he worked a lot of overnight shifts doing Uber and my podcast always is scheduled for release at like twelve one a.m. And then On Tuesday and Friday mornings, I do my Twitter promos, advertising who the guest is, a couple of the highlights, what we talk about, a fancy graphic or two maybe. By the time I had that out in the morning, Jason had already listened to the podcast and I talked to him in the morning or whatever. He would tell me that it was a great interview whoever I had on or whatever the topic was. Just one of those guys who you never, nobody ever had anything bad to say about him. And again, I don't want to sit here And take up your time eulogizing somebody that obviously none of you know. But I just I'm I'm just here to tell you that the shit's real, it's not going away, the numbers are skyrocketing, it sucks. And be prepared to get the bad news that somebody you love at this rate is gonna succumb to it. it. It's just terrible. And I also want to thank Channel 7 News and more specifically Ashley Rowe. I love Ashley, she's an awesome anchor. And even more importantly, she's just an awesome human being. So the day after Jason died, I just felt unfulfilled, like just another number. You know, 2,239 people in the United States died last Wednesday from COVID, just in one day alone. It was a record at that time. And I reached out to Ashley and I wanted her to do something because Jason and the timing of it was kind of impeccable. Jason is... From Pittsburgh, grew up in Lackawanna, is a huge, huge, huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Obviously, all of his best friends, including myself and a big circle of friends, are all Bills fans. So it was always fun to talk some shit with Jay about football. He liked the Bills, but he was a Steelers guy. And I sent her this awesome photograph of him and his four of his best friends. They all got Bills gear on, and Jason had on a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey and hat. It was actually from a trip last year in 2019 when the Bills played in Pittsburgh. They all went to the game together. Anyway, I told her his story about dying at just 40 years old, about how he had this game circled on his calendar, Sunday night football. His boys, the Steelers, playing the Bills. They were going to watch the game together, him and his, and his best friends. And I just thought it would be really cool if maybe Ashley could find a way to do a little bit of a story about that. Just, again, with the timing of it all. And stuff like that, so we wouldn't feel to his family and his friends like just another number. Ashley went above and beyond. She liked the idea, asked me for a couple contacts. She reached out, did some interviews, and her and the Channel Seven team put together an amazing story to really honor Jason and also tie in COVID to the whole story about you know how the numbers are just continue to get out of control. It was fact; it was the lead story that night too. So, I just want to. Thank her very much. That meant a lot to me. I spoke with Jason's mother shortly after that. She was very appreciative of Ashley and the job they did at Channel 7. So thank them very much. And then before I get out of here, real quick here. I'm not going to talk about the Bills game on Sunday night. They beat the Steelers. Awesome. 10-3. and 3, A miracle Hail Mary away from being 11-2. We all know that stuff. I just want to let you know this as an outsider, okay? It feels weird for me to say that, but I've been gone from Buffalo for four and a half years now. So I I can say this. When you're in Buffalo, you're all in it together. Everybody in the community, or at least almost everybody is a Bills diehard fan. One thing that I have found interesting about living in Florida for the last four and a half years is that it's such a transient state. And I've made a pretty large group of friends over the last couple of years or so. And sometimes on the weekends, on a Sunday, especially if the Bills aren't playing during the day, I like to go to, a, to the bar, like a bar that might be showing every game on the big screen TVs. And again, in Florida, COVID's been dead since like July. So trust me when I tell you, people are, are gathering. But anyway, let me get to my point. Everybody's not a Bills fan. In fact, most people aren't. I got a couple of friends who are Packers fans. Uh, Washington football team fans, Philadelphia Eagle fans, a couple of New England Patriot fans, obviously a couple of Miami Dolphins fans, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans, all types of teams. This, this pretty uh, significant group of fans. And the difference between now and when I first moved down here, so when you, and if you don't live in Buffalo, you know this, you tend to wear your team's gear with a, lo- a little bit more pride when you're not in Buffalo because everybody don't got Bills gear and you stand out a little bit more, you know, you go to anywhere in Western New York with a Bills hat on or a Bills jacket, a hoodie, whatever, a Jersey, you're just like everyone else. Everyone else has that shit on too, you know, but when you're in another area of the country, you stand out a little bit more. So somebody who's a Bills, a fellow Bills fan, they see you. Trust me. You're not just another person, right? So anyway, When I was, here's the difference. So I moved down here in 2016. And when I did that, the Bills kind of stunk. Rex Ryan, uh, he was on his way out, but he was still the coach and the team stunk. 2017, that's the year the Bills broke the drought. It was a fun story, kind of a Cinderella story. It was cool, but I don't think anybody thought too much of the Bills other than being a good story. Now that's not the case in Buffalo. Again, they made the playoffs. They had a 16 point lead at halftime against Houston. And then ultimately they lost. But anyway, I think the Bills are considered a pretty good team at that point. But I don't think fans of other teams thought too much of the Bills other than a, a decent story. Then the following year, 2018, they stunk again. And then last year, 2019. You know what? Let me backtrack here. I'm not going to edit this. I was wrong. 2017, the year they broke the drought. And they didn't blow a 16-point lead against Houston. They made the playoffs. They, they inched themselves in because of Andy Dalton. And they lost to the Jaguars when I don't think they scored a touchdown. Anyway, my point was still the same though. The Bills were a decent team, a good story, but I don't think fans of other teams thought much of them. Certainly not a legitimate contender for any kind of Super Bowl. So that's 2017. 2018, they stink. 2019, they're good. They get in. They're a wild card. Unlike 2017, I think it was a legitimate football team, a team that went on the road and had a 16-point lead at halftime against... Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, ultimately losing in overtime. The Bills at that point are a good team, but I still don't think fans around the league who follow their other teams thought the Bills were like one of the top teams in the NFL. Certainly not a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Folks, that's not the case anymore. I mean, whether they're good or bad, and you live in Florida or Chicago, wherever you may be, you kind of, you know, when you got your Bills shirt on, you stick your chest out, got a little bit more pride. Folks, it's a lot easier to do that right now. This team is for real. And it's easy to say that when you're in Buffalo and you're surrounded by Bills fans and Bills media and people who see every nook and cranny about that team. And you live in that area, you know things about the team that the national media or national fans are always late to the party on. You already know that when you're in Buffalo, but I'm telling you right now, it don't matter where you are. Everybody knows that the Buffalo Bills are legit. I think everybody knows that the Buffalo Bills are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I think maybe early in this year, winning the division was a very realistic goal. Maybe winning a a playoff game as well. I think the goalposts have been moved now. I truly, truly think that. And again, I'm not speaking on behalf of Bills fans or people in Buffalo. I'm speaking nationally. These fans of other teams are coming up to me now. And you know you know how it is when you're sitting at a bar, a restaurant, a pizza joint, wherever it may be, and you got your Bills head on and you're talking football with somebody. They kind of, they tell you the truth. And... Before, it was, again, the Bills are a fun team. They're cute, whatever. But they nobody told me that they think the Bills can go to the Super Bowl. But now I'm hearing that. I personally think the Bills legitimately have as good of a chance, maybe a better chance, as anybody in the AFC at beating the Kansas City Chiefs in a playoff game at Arrowhead Stadium, because that's where that game would be played in the playoffs. It would be on the road. But still... My point, people around here, I'm sure people everywhere are counting the Bills as a Super Bowl contending team. It's Kansas City, Pittsburgh, maybe now Buffalo ahead of Pittsburgh, and then everyone else. Then everyone else. The Bills are a likable team. They always have been, but now they're a good team and they're a good team that everybody knows about. Everybody knows about the Bills. Josh Allen, <laughs> we know how much he's turned a corner. Now everybody does. If I had a dollar for every time somebody tells me how much fun Josh Allen is t- to watch, well, I would be rich, but I'd have some bucks in my pocket. Let's put it that way. And again, these aren't Bills fans telling me this. These are Packers and Lions and Washington, Pittsburgh. It's just crazy. You know, Sunday night, I watch, so I generally don't watch Bills games at bars or parties or gatherings with friends because there's two types of football watchers, okay? There's the casual watcher, and this is probably more common. People who watch the game, share for the big plays, but they're also spending parts of the game, if not half the game, talking about shit going on at home or, you know, making jokes, stuff like that. I'm not like that, man. I am glued into the TV. I'm locked in. I'm looking at all kinds of things. So generally, that's how I watch games by myself, or maybe with my son or somebody else, but I'm locked in. Sunday night, I actually went to a buddy's house who's from Pittsburgh, and he had a gathering, which was funny because he was the one Steelers guy and was about seven or eight Bills fans. And we had, a like, again, a little mini party watching the game, which was different for me, but, you know, I wanted to get out and do something different. And I'm glad I did because it was a good time. But anyway, he's a Steelers fan, and he's like, wow, man, this is really good. Josh Allen is the real deal, and he is the real deal. If this season ended today, he's easily a top four, at worst, top four MVP candidate. And I don't think anybody except that idiot Nick Wright from Fox Sports could deny that at this point. I mean, let's be fair. Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes, they're one and two right now, flip a coin. But I think think Josh Allen and maybe Russell Wilson, they're right there. They're right there. Josh Allen is having an MVP-worthy season. He might not win MVP, but he's certainly having an MVP worthy season and he's worthy of being a candidate who's legitimately discussed. He's been fantastic. Great supporting cast. Man, Stefan Diggs has been more than we could have ever hoped for. He's going to, if he stays healthy, smash the Bills single season uh, receiving marks, receiving, and, uh, receiving yards and receptions. In fact, he already tied molds with 100. Cole Beasley's been great. He's already got a a career high in receiving yards with three games to go. I think he's only like four catches short of uh, a career high for receptions. John Brown's been hurt, but you know what? Gabe Davis has really stepped up. Fourth round rookie, man. You cannot expect too much from them. But your boy's got six touchdowns. This receiving unit as a whole just blows my mind. And it's really testament to, To the job that Brandon Bean has done as general manager, which by the way, he got an extension last week, major props to him, well-deserved, but dude, let's just go back two years, just two years ago, Zay Jones, Robert Foster, Calvin Benjamin, Andre Holmes, those are your four top receivers, Zay Jones, Robert Foster, Calvin Benjamin, Andre Holmes. Zay Jones is playing with Oakland. He's doing a little bit with them. Or I'm sorry, Vegas. Ain't hearing from anyone else. And that was just in 2018. Now <laughs> You got Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, John Brown, Gabe Davis. I'm Gabe Davis, I'm sorry. Two guys that were signed as kind of low-key free agents, Beasley and Brown. Diggs, the trade, Davis, the traffic, just unbelievable this unit. The O-line, pretty good. I thought they were pretty good Sunday considering they were playing Pittsburgh. Josh Allen only got sacked once. I mean, he was pressured some, but you got to expect that from Pittsburgh. He only got dropped once. I thought Darrell Williams, outstanding. All things considered, again, going against TJ Watt, maybe the best pass rusher in the league. Thought he played great. It's just balance. I mean, the running game's not great, but this offense has been really good. And the defense is progressively... Starting to look more and more like the defense that we saw the last couple of years. And that especially holds true against uh, Pittsburgh on Sunday night. And it's different guys, too. And this is another thing about the Bills' defense over the last few years. It's not the same players over and over and over that are making the impact in the games. It's different guys, it seems, every week. And we're starting to see a little bit more of that now this year. A.J. Klein stunk early on. Then he played really well recently. Sunday night, Teron Johnson, easily to play the game. The Bills are down. He gets a pick six right before the half. The Bills are up by two. The offense couldn't play worse, but they still went into the locker room up 9-7 because of the defense. And Teron Johnson was the one who made the big play. Levi Wallace, who has looked really bad at times. Well, you know what? Not true because people who followed his team closely, who actually analyze film, they'll tell you, Levi Wallace has not been as bad as it seems. But anyway... A big interception for him that had to feel good. Those are two guys that, you know, get criticized a lot. Teron Johnson and Levi Wallace, man. And they're the two who picked off Big Ben. Ed is not putting up stats, but he's playing really, really good football. Tremaine Edmonds is looking more and more like the Tremaine Edmonds that we saw last year. He's healthy again, and you can see it, man. He's flying to the football. Matt Milano's getting there. He's come back slowly. Played more snaps, looked good against Pittsburgh. Maybe by Sunday, he's back to 100%. And if so, he'll probably be out there every snap. So this defense is coming around. This offense has been there. They've beaten good football teams too, by the way. Good teams. When you looked at that schedule this year, you know, like the Cleveland Browns, for an example, they got a good record, but they beat up on the chumps and then they lose to the good teams. And that's kind of for the most part how the Bills have been, in recent years. But that's not the case right now. Dude, they just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. They beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks earlier this year. They beat the Rams. The Raiders are a pretty good team. They've won quality football games. They beat Miami. Who's the game behind them now. In the playoffs. Very much in it, Miami. So they've, they've played and they've beaten some quality teams. Again, a Hail Mary away from beating Arizona. So... There's a lot to like about this team. And again, if you're in Buffalo, you already know that. But when you're not in Buffalo and you have people coming up to you and telling you how good your football team is and that they think they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders, it's just a really good feeling. But anyway, I just wanted to touch on that. And again, I want to thank you so much for listening. I'm going to get out of here. I'm not going to keep you any longer. Got to apologize. Like I said, I want to be consistent. It's just going to be a little bit weird for these next couple of weeks. I'm going to, Being in Buffalo with COVID, I'm going to get together with who I can, when I can, don't know with who, don't know where, don't even know if it's going to be possible, but I'm certainly going to give it a shot. And uh, yeah, just stay tuned to my Twitter, at pamoran Tweets, if you're not following already, I'll have podcasting updates and again, upcoming guests or anything like that. I already know for sure I won't be having an episode the next three Fridays. Again, I'll be traveling to Buffalo, so nothing this Friday. The following Friday is Christmas. The following Friday is New Year's. Who knows, though? I might do something midweek. It's going to be a little inconsistent for the next couple of weeks. But after that, I'm just going to say this. I got a lot going on. Big, big plans for 2021. I promise you that, man. I'm going to have bigger and better guests than ever. I'm going to definitely start having some video elements coming really soon. And then without counting the chickens before they hatch, there's a chance, a good chance, that by the sometime next summer, I'm back in Buffalo for good. And if that's the case, I'll have a podcast in studio and I'll be able to have people in studio doing video shows with me. It'll be a lot of fun. You know, I love doing shows right now, these interviews with people. I appreciate them all. They're lots of fun, but there's a big dynamic difference between doing a, an interview with somebody by phone or by Skype or by ZenCaster or audio, whatever it may be, as opposed to the physical interaction that you get when you're sitting down face-to-face with somebody. It's just a different element, a different dynamic. And hopefully, I will be able to start doing a lot more of those very soon. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. I truly, truly appreciate it. Stay safe. Have a good week. And I'll be back I don't know when I'll be back, but I'll be back soon.